Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. Today's episode will be particularly of interest to those of you who want to understand your power over the enemy and how that the greater one indwells us. Talking about the Holy Spirit, greater is he who dwells in us than he who dwells in the world. There is a devil, there are demons, there is the occult, there's superstition, witchcraft, sorcery, there are all kinds of influences that are in the world today, particularly in the United States. I know that it's worldwide. The enemy has uh, his demonic forces everywhere. But here's the point that I want to make, is that God began speaking to me last week, and he said that he is making inroads into that realm, those that are in the occult and those that are caught up in Jezebel's witchcraft. Now, I'll explain all of this the way that the Lord presented it to me. He began talking to me last week, which was the week before October 31st, by the way. That's the day that the world calls Halloween, but we as a church call October 31st. It is a day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice and are glad in it. We take back that day because it belongs to the Lord's children. It is a day of blessing and favor for us, even if the world has tried to co-opt it in various fashions. The Lord spoke to me last week, and he said that he had made drastic inroads into those who had been snared by the enemy. I'm going to read to you Acts 19.19 in just a minute, but before I do, one of the scriptures that he quoted to me, and we'll get to it in just a little while, is Ezekiel 13.20, and this is what the Lord had me in the Spirit. He caught me away into the Spirit, and he had me read this in a uh, as a prophecy, a declaration into the atmosphere against those demonic forces of Jezebel. Ezekiel thirteen twenty. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against your magic charms by which you hunt souls there like birds. I will tear them from your arms and let the souls go, the souls you hunt like birds. So the Lord is doing a tremendous deliverance. He is working. The rainbow glory of God, the power of God, is beginning to set those free who are captivated by Jezebel's charms. Now let's go to Acts 19 and begin reading with verse 11. Paul is in Ephesus and it says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So there was not only supernatural healing that was taking place because of these special miracles by anointing on handkerchiefs and aprons, and etc., but demons were being driven out of people. The demonic was overcome by the power of Christ and through the name of Jesus and the presence of the kingdom. Verse 13 says, Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. 
Now notice they were not saved. They were Jewish exorcists. This is the only place in scripture the word exorcist occurs. We do not exorcise demons. We cast them out. Exorcism is nothing more than a formula, a ritual to attempt to command demons. We use the name of Jesus. We do not use rituals. But he also declares here that these exorcists were using Jesus without knowing him or using his name. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped upon them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Now notice, this became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus. What became known? The miracles that Paul was rendering in the name of Jesus Christ, sick being healed, also demons being driven out, and that the exorcists did not have the authority that the church had in driving out those demons. This became known by all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. So the kind of fear they're talking about there is a reverential fear. It's a fear of God. It's a fear that comes when you realize what really is truth. And it says, many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Here it is. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Many people who were involved in superstition and in the black arts were saved. The power of God was above all of those demonic spirits. In Scripture, there are two things to remember about magic, sorcery, or witchcraft. Those two things are source and purpose. The source is always from the enemy. It's from demonic spirits. The purpose is to deceive, manipulate, and to control other people. The word magic here is a word that literally means injecting oneself into other people's private affairs. It's dabbling in stuff that's not any of your business at all, but it also is in the sense of manipulating and controlling their lives, getting them to do what you want them to do. It has to do with uh, superstition and selfishly, using other people to meet your own needs rather than considering what is best for them or what God's purposes and destiny is for their life. When revival hit Ephesus and these people got saved because they saw the true power of God, they realized that they'd been spending their lives caught up and bewitched and captivated by all of this superstition. There were what was called the Ephesian letters, 
where they had many books. They would sometimes even take little passages or incantations and put them on strips of paper and carry uh, them around with them. But they realized that the power of God was greater than the superstitious and demonic power that had been holding them in captivity for so long. So they brought all of those things together and burned them. Notice it says books. There were writings. They burned them. Now, what's of interest to me as the Lord was taking me through this last week is that he began to talk to me how that in Deuteronomy 7.23, that there was a declaration, all images of idols were to be burned and discarded. In Exodus 32.20, even talked about how that the golden calf that the children of Israel, there at the bottom of the mountain when Moses was up receiving the Ten Commandments, that the golden calf was ground up and it was thrown into the water and the people had to even drink that. There has to be destruction. There has to be burning and destroying and discarding. And they did that with these letters and books. In other words, what I'm saying is those writings... They were part of the idolatry, and those forms of idolatry had to be burned. Sorcery and magic are specific forms of idolatry which teach the practitioners how to manipulate and control other people to bewitch their thinking. Again, one of my main points is that the name of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ is more powerful than all of the magic and the sorcery in America today, in the world today, regardless of what nation that you live in. Do you remember that even in Acts 8, 9, Simon the sorcerer, he practiced sorcery in Samaria, and Philip went down and preached, and people were saved, uh, and many miracles were wrought, and then the apostles even came on the scene and uh, prayed for them that they could receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so Simon, he actually heeded and believed Jesus was powerful and more powerful than him, but he didn't quite get saved. He didn't actually change his heart. He just wanted to purchase it with money and get them to give him the gift so that he could go out and continue to manipulate and control other people's lives and make money off of it himself. And so the apostles told him he was cursed. He had a dark heart. Also in Acts 13, verse 6, we find that Elimus, the sorcerer, he was a false prophet. And on the Isle of Paphos, he attempted to dissuade the proconsul, the governor, from receiving Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior because, you know, Elimus knew that then he would lose his control and his influence with the governor and over the people. So he couldn't allow that. And then Paul spoke to him because of what Jesus had personally done to Paul and blinding him, knocking him off of that donkey when he was uh, riding on his way to Damascus and how that through that miracle, he was saved. So Paul pronounced blindness upon Elimus. We find that in every occurrence where there was magic, sorcery, witchcraft, divination, even with that divining spirit that was in the teenage girl that kept going after Paul and his companions and just telling people, 
These are men of the Most High God. Hear ye them. And Paul turned because he was greatly annoyed with it and cast that fortune-telling spirit out. Every one of those situations, God's power was greater. So it's very important to understand that we don't have to be afraid of demonic spirits. We really don't have to be afraid of sorcery, witchcraft. I know that there's a lot of them that are out there that are practicing sorcery and witchcraft from the occult level. And that has been coming into the mainstream more and more these days from the far left. That's why I keep calling it Jezebel. And I'm going to get into that in Jezebel's witchcraft in just a minute. But I wanted to establish the point that there are a lot of people who are involved in the occult, but then there are those who are not really in the occult per se, but they are caught up in, just like the Ephesians, in the sorcery and the witchcraft of Jezebel. And all of those ideas need to be renounced, and all of those writings and doctrines need to be burned and destroyed. And God told me that he is making inroads into the occult, and also into those who are just caught up and fascinated by witchcraft and sorcery and by magic. You know, even the Apostle Paul said witchcraft there in Galatians, that is a work of the flesh. Yes, there are demonic spirits that are behind it, but it is a work of the flesh rather than the spirit because we operate by love and the gifts of the spirit within us are used to bless and to help other people and true prophecy brings deliverance to their lives. But the reason that witchcraft is a work of the flesh is because it's motivated by the wrong thing. The source is the enemy. The source are demonic spirits. And the purpose is for control and manipulation. And that's where the flesh comes in. There's so much narcissism in demonic witchcraft. It's all selfish. It's to control and to just bleed people dry, to refuse to allow them to go forth in the destiny of God. And it must be broken off of our lives. If witchcraft comes against you, stand up in the spirit and break it. Take authority over it. Bind it in the name of Jesus Christ. And then loose the angels and the purposes of God and the destiny of God into your life. Jezebel has established a church, a religion in America today, and the prophets that sit on the high places in America, I'm talking about the judicial system, the political system, the educational system, the entertainment industry, and the far-left news media, they espouse and they prophesy and they preach her doctrine, and that doctrine is sorcery or witchcraft. Now, let me explain why I say that. In 2 Kings 9.22, you understand that there was a historical Jezebel. She lived at a time where she was the daughter of the king of Tyre. Uh, She was an idolater. Her name, Jezebel, compound word. She worshiped Baal. She brought idolatry into Israel when she married Ahab, the king of Israel. Ahab eventually died. He was killed in battle, and his son, Joram, took the throne. Jezebel was still alive. And so they also had a daughter who was Athalia, who married the king of Judah and took idolatry there. She eventually was killed also. 
uh, so idolatry could be removed from Judah and also from Israel. But prior to Jezebel's death, Jehu, who was the anointed king that would take place, came, and King Joram heard that he was coming. And so King Joram went out to meet him, and he said, are you bringing peace? Jehu's answer was, there cannot be any peace in Israel as long as Jezebel's idolatry remains here because it is witchcraft. Jehu said her idolatry was witchcraft, meaning what? A source of not only sinning against God, bringing false gods into the land, causing people to turn their backs on God and get caught up in idolatry, but it was the control and the manipulation and the bewitching that had come upon the people. Jehu is the one who facilitated the death of Jezebel. Now, we fast forward and we come all the way up to the writing of the Revelation. In the Revelation in the New Testament, after Jesus' death and resurrection, he's speaking now to the churches. And to the church of Thyatira, he says, I have ought against you. He said, you tolerate, you allow Jezebel, that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. Jezebel performed witchcraft in the Old Testament by idolatry. And this new Jezebel is performing witchcraft by being a false prophet. She is perverting the things of God and teaching people to enter into sexual immorality and eat things offered unto idols. As I've said before, this woman's name was probably not Jezebel at all. It was something else. But Jesus himself recognized that the spirit that existed and controlled the Old Testament historical figure of Jezebel, you can't kill a spirit. So even though the physical body of Jezebel was destroyed, that spirit now was latching onto and it was controlling this one woman in particular who became a false prophetess in the church. So the Lord spoke to me and said that he was breaking Jezebel's witchcraft and the power and the control of it off of the people that were caught up in it and also off of America. So I've been praying about that and prophetically declaring it in the spirit. So he led me then to Ezekiel 13. It's an interesting chapter because Ezekiel here is talking about false prophets. God threw Ezekiel and how that there were false prophets in the first half of the uh, chapter and then false prophetesses in the second half of the chapter. Two main things that he was against them for. Well, first of all, because they weren't listening to him, but here's two points that he showed me about America. He said, number one, is that they're prophesying out of their hearts. If you read the scripture, it's exactly what it says, that it was not of him. They were prophesying out of their own soulish realm. We have to be very careful because even as believers, sometimes we'll have the tendency to try to uh, prophesy and interpret things out of our own souls, out of the second heaven realm, and we can't do that. That's the place uh, of flesh, and it's also the place of uh, deception by demonic spirits. We prophesy and operate out of our spirits and out of third heaven authority, and that keeps it clean and it keeps it right. 
They were doing it out of their soulish realm. But secondly, they were doing it for peace. Uh, The Lord was upset because at that particular point, it was the time of captivity in Babylon. And so Ezekiel and most of the Jewish people were in captivity. Some were left there, and they were trying to eke out a living there in Jerusalem, the area of, of Israel, their land. In the midst of all this and things going wrong and turmoil, when they should be standing up against the wickedness and allowing God to carry them through the troubling times, they were prophesying peace. Peace. Now, that's the second point. Not only were they prophesying out of the soulish realm, but they were prophesying peace. And that's what you see going on right now with Jezebel's prophets in the land. They're prophesying out of the soulish realm. Uh, It is not from the Lord. It is demonically inspired. And it is saying peace. Oh, peace on every hand. Peace over here. Peace over there. Just believe us. Let's get into, into this unity, what I call false unity. It's a deception. It's lying unity. And we're going to have peace to the present administration that was elected. Uh, it was on the basis of peace. We'll bring peace. There hasn't been any peace. It's been fiasco. One day after the other, everything that the current president touches fails. There's a curse upon it because it is not from God. God spoke to me and he said the administration climbed up another way. He said that everything in John 10 he that climbs up another way other than through me is a thief and a robber. And so we know that God is bringing deliverance to America now and bringing down the thief and the robber. He is changing things because there is a false prophet, prophetess of Jezebel that is instigating the whole thing, and the Lord calls it witchcraft. He calls it sorcery. He calls it magic. Because most people think that, oh, it's just, it's got to be in the realm of the occult to be labeled that. No, it can be what undiscerning and unspiritual people think is normal. It can be what is considered just a political philosophy. It can be labeled as tolerant and loving. But if the source is not God, it is a form of witchcraft. That's why in the 20th verse of that chapter, God brought that to my attention. He had me to declare it, to prophesy it, decree it, is to pronounce it as a judgment in the spiritual realm. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against your magic charms by which you hunt souls there like birds. You know, the Bible says that through Jesus Christ that our soul escapes like a bird out of the snare of the fowler. Witchcraft seeks souls to throw a trap over, to throw a net over, to ensnare. And God says, I will tear them from your arms and let the souls go the souls that you hunt like birds. And then he says, then you will know that I am God. God is speaking that over America right now. He is speaking that to the witchcraft of of the spirit of Jezebel in America today. He is saying, you let the souls go. He told me that there's a mighty revival that is at work right now. I know that there's a great revival that's flowing through the land in general. 
but he said specifically to me last week that he had made great inroads into those areas of witchcraft and magic and sorcery and even to the occult. Now, again, I want to be very clear. You don't have to be a devil worshiper to be involved in witchcraft. You can be involved in what the Apostle Paul called this present evil age, the entire mass of thought, and you see it in America right now on the far left, that becomes a manipulative snare that will take people to hell while they think that they are doing good. So, Lord, my prayer today is twofold. Number one, I pray for the listeners. Lord God, if there's any form of that kind of witchcraft, control, manipulation, deception that has been coming against them by family members, friends, just society in general, all the pressures that are uh, in America today that are anti-Christ in nature. Lord God, I just pray against them in Jesus' name and we break the power of that witchcraft off of these people in the name of Jesus Christ. We will arise in the power of God, the wisdom of God, the doctrine and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay true to the word, and we shall go forward, and we shall see, as it describes in Acts 19, 19, that in America, that there will be a great move of God as people by the thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions that are caught up in that demonic captivation are set free, and they come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and they do it in a way that publicly it is so huge. People can see the work of God, and they destroy, and they burn their books of magic and the doctrine of Jezebel in the public arena. We thank you for that, and Father God, we pray. We pray for them. Send revival. Send revival. Send revival right now into Jezebel's camp. Deliver those people. Remove the darkness from their eyes, Lord God, so that they can see that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. We praise you for your mighty work, Lord God. Oh, blessings to each and every one of you. Join me in future episodes as I continue to share from my heart and experiences in God's word. Subscribe to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast network. And remember, walk in liberty. Stay free.